From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason D'Antonio! Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, what a group. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, what a group. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Oh, boy. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again. Yes, indeed. It's another edition of the Queen's New Yorker right here on YouTube. This is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. It is episode 89. Only 11 more episodes to the big 100, and we're getting close. And this is part five of the history of the IND and the ISS. I told you it was going to be a long trip on the subway, and... Transportation is taking already 19 episodes up of the season and getting close to that. You know, when we looked at the history of the neighborhoods, that was 40, you know, there was 40 videos right there. So it built up a lot and in several parts, too, because some neighborhoods had more information than others. Like I said, Queens is a big borough and with lots to cover, we're going to cover a lot of episodes, and in various parts as well. Part five today takes us to the late 1950s and early 60s. We'll be also looking at not so much the program for action, but the deferred maintenance, and then going to jump into what I like to call the infrastructure part of that as well, because it takes us into the 70s um, with the graffiti and all that other good stuff. So we're going to look at that and uh, definitely give you a little taste of what's going on here because that's a, that's a very important um, decade, uh, the late 50s and the early 60s, because a lot of changes happened. So you have to kind of remember it all started in 1904, and here we are in 2020. So a little over what? a hundred and some odd years of trains just running up and down the subways and elevated lines. Big, big, big milestone. All right. Let's look at the comments channel, uh, chats and comments, stats and subs. (laughs) Not much in the comments section. I was looking at comments. I'm getting a lot of just thank you for sharing and, um, you know, hopo as well. And, New friends here, and let's connect, which is great. I appreciate that, folks. Don't forget, tomorrow night, we do have our live Q&A at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. I have two great guests with me. I won't mention them, so you'll just have to be, you'll just have to tune in there, trolls, because you're going to be very shocked when you see who's going to be coming in. It's not who you think, and you're way off on the other guests. So... And also, to tomorrow's topic for New York uh, City, 
will be food. Yes, we'll be talking about something I know a lot about, and that's food. So don't forget, 8 o'clock right here on the Queens New Yorker for all the good stuff and all the delicious food. Bring your appetite, too. Um, Analytic-wise, we're looking really good. We have 810 subscribers. We just overpassed the 800 mark. Our views are going up, up, up with the times. Last time, the, this past Tuesday's episode, got 51 views, 40 comments, and 12 likes and a dislike. Episode 87 got 55 views, 36 comments, and 14 likes and a dislike. So you guys are really liking the videos. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Just remember, always, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, Click on the subscribe button. Don't forget to ring the ding-dong bell to get the notifications. We upload every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and we have our live chat on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. So just kind of keep in mind those those events that are happening on the channel. And also, too, like I said before, leave a thumbs up because that helps. Even in the live, ch- strat, uh, the, the live chat streams, they were the, the last two got – over 200 views and 27 likes, 24 likes. So you guys are really enjoying the content. We really appreciate it. So i like to say on behalf of all of that, with the comments, stats, and subs, give yourselves a round of applause. You earned it. But I tell you, so it's a nice feeling when you get those nice high stats every time. And on that happy note, let's look at our news of the weird for today. The title of our article here for still the week of May 1st is Zoom Fatigue, a video conference meeting of the Vallejo, California Planning Commission got a little weird on April 20th when Commissioner Chris Platzer announced I'd like to introduce my cat, then was seen throwing the cat off screen. <laughs> Later, Platzer was seen drinking a beer, and after the meeting ended, city staff could still hear him making derogatory remarks about the commission. The Vallejo Times Herald reported. Now, in April 25th email to the newspaper, Platzer apologized for his actions and said he has resigned from the commission. We are all living in uncertain times, And I certainly, like many of you, am adjusting to a new normalcy, he wrote. Mayor Bob Sapion said he was bothered by Platzer's whole demeanor during the entire meeting. The commission has scheduled a vote to remove Platzer on April 28th. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is a little weird after he even apologized for it. See what happens? Well, that's what happens in in those crazy news reports, and that's why they call them news of the weird. All right, so let's pick up where we left off. This is part five of the IND and the ISS, late 1950s and early 1960s, from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. In 1956, 
The NYCTA chairman, Charles Patterson, proposed removing the seats from the trains on the 42nd Street shuttle to increase the passenger load. On May 1st of 1957, a standard maximum interval of 20 minutes between trains was put into place during late nights, with the exception of the Rockaway lines where it was 24 minutes. Some lines had service run as infrequently as 30 minutes. Also on this date, BMT Express service was extended to 57th Street from 42nd Street. Earlier in 1957, local service on the BMT Jamaica line was extended to Crescent Street from Eastern Parkway, and rush hour service was increased to run every five minutes. Under a $100 million rebuilding program, increased and lengthened service was implemented during peak hours on the one train, switching at a junction north of 96th Street, delayed service as trains from the Lenox Avenue line, which ran local switched from the express to the local, and while trains from the Broadway branch that ran express switched from the local to the express. This bottleneck was removed on February 6th of 1959, and all Broadway trains were locals, and all Lenox Avenue trains were expresses, eliminating the need to switch tracks. All three trains began to run express south of 96th Street, on that date, running to Brooklyn, one trains began to run between 242nd Street and the South Ferry all times. Trains began to be branded as high-speed locals, being as fast as the old express service was, with eight-car trains consisting of new R21s and R22s on the line. Now, on November 15th of 1962, the express platforms at Lexington Avenue, 59th Street, open to reduce transfer congestion at Grand Central and 42nd Street and to allow transfers between the express trains and the BMT trains to Queens. Now, even before the express platforms were added, this station was the busiest on the line, and construction on the express station had begun on August 10th of 1959. So in the mid-1960s, a 600 million dollar project was made available to the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, the MTA, of New York City for a large subway expansion proposed by then Mayor John Lindsay. And about $1.23 billion was spent to create three tunnels and half a dozen holes as part of construction on the 2nd Avenue and 63rd Street lines. Construction for the line stopped in 1975 because the city almost went bankrupt, and yet none of the lines were done when federal payments were suspended in 1985. The two-phase program for action was funded as follows. Phase one was to cost $1.6 billion and be completed over that span of the decade. And then phase two came after phase one at a cost of $1.3 billion. Phase two was composed of mostly extensions of existing lines and phase one built lines. Summary of that new subway lines and a new subway-related exponential proposed in Phase 1 of the 1968 program action. It follows, and it goes on for a long list. So we won't give you those because they're bullets, but you can see that, of course, on the history of the New York City subway as we will post that link. Now, because the early subway systems competed, competed with each other, they tended to cover the same areas of the city, leading to much more overlapping service. The amount of service has actually decreased from the since the 1940s as many elevated railways were torn down and finding funding for underground replacements has proven difficult. 
The subway's de- decline began in the 60s and continued through the late 1980s. So it was a stretch of 20 years that the decline really did hit. Let's look at the graffiti. In 1973, the city's graffiti epidemic surged to levels never seen before. Nearly every subway car was tagged with graffiti by the end of the year, and it was worsened by the budgetary restraints on New York City, which limited its ability to remove graffiti and perform transit maintenance. Mayor John Lindsay declared the first war on graffiti in 1972, but it would be a while before the city was able and willing to dedicate enough resources to the problem to start impacting the growing subculture. The MTA tried rubbing the graffiti off with acid solution, but maintaining the cars to keep them relatively graffiti-free was costing them around $1.3 million annually. In the winter of 1973, the car washing program was stopped. In September of 74, exterior washing with an acid solution started, but the solution was found to have more caused more harm than good. As graffiti became associated with crime, many demanded that the government take a more serious stance toward it, particularly after the popularization of the fixing broken windows philosophy in 1982. And by the 1980s, increased police surveillance and implementation of increased security measures, that's razor wire and guard dogs, combined with continuous efforts to clean it up, led to the weakening of the New York's graffiti subculture. An extensive car washing program in the late 1980s ensured the elimination of graffiti throughout the system's rolling stock. In 1984, the NYCTA began a five-year program to eradicate graffiti. The years between 1985 and 1989 became known as the Die Hard Era. A last shot for the graffiti artists of this time was in the form of subway cars destined for the scrapyard. With the increased security, the culture had taken a step back. The previous elaborate burners on the outside of cars were now marred with simplistic marker tags, which often soaked through the paint. By mid-1986, the NYCTA were winning their war on graffiti, and on May 12, 1989, the rolling stock was made 100% graffiti-free with the washing of the last train in the subway system that still had graffiti. As the population of artists lowered, so did the violence associated with graffiti crews and bombing. Well, that's a look at the 1960s, 50s, and 60s, the program for action, which you can take a look, deferred maintenance, and the graffiti wars that came to an end. On Saturday's edition of our show, episode 90 takes a look at ridership and service cuts, the infrastructure, and crime again. That kind of builds up a little bit more. The history of the New York City subway is brought to you by the Wikipedia, and all pictures are used through the permission of the Wikipedia here. The free encyclopedia, which you can go to at any time to look at anything, anytime, anywhere, and find the information. Well, I'm Jason Ecanio, and remember, friends, be honest, be real, keep it simple, stupid, and kiss. And don't be a nut monkey, because nut monkeys don't know how to tell the truth. (laughs) That's right. They don't. Sad to say, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, like I said before, friends, we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. for the live Q&A. And I guarantee you the look of some of those trolls' faces is going to be shocking when they see who's coming on tomorrow night. And then, of course, Saturday for episode 90 for another look at part six of the history of the IND and the ISS. I'm Jason Ecanio. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday and Saturday. Bye for now. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio Internet presentation. Thank you for your support.
Thank you.